Welcome to the Most Excellent 80s Movie Podcast on the Most Excellent Podcast Network. It's the podcast where a comedian, two filmmakers, and three podcasters, who are actually just three human beings, come together in a quest for justice to take another look at the 80s movies that we love, hate, hate to love, and love to hate. And as always, you have 20 seconds to comply. This is episode 24, RoboCop, a movie selection from 1987. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you RoboCop. has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. You better back up, pal. Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this Anything you say may be used against you. straight up the terminator soundtrack it's interesting how they market this uh, you know if you created a trailer for some of these movies like robocop mm-hmm. um you totally would rely on what people remember it for you know and the nostalgic kind of framing of what it is now and they were really trying to sell it as like another terminator weren't they yes definitely Oh, hi, everyone. Uh, that, <laughs> that voice you're hearing is one filmmaker and one podcaster. Oh. And the one and only Nathan Blackwell. Hi there. Uh, is that Chrissy Lenz over there? It is. It's a long table. It is. <laughs> Chrissy Lenz, comedian, NCT Phoenix. Yes. And we have a guest today. Yay. Very Yay. exciting guest, podcaster and filmmaker. Tell us about yourself. Why, hello there. I'm Andy Nelson. I uh, have a podcast called The Next Real Film Podcast. And uh, we're also getting ready to kick off the Marvel Movie Minute, which yes. is a minute-by-minute breakdown of the MCU films. Uh, so that's a that's a job that we'll be uh, doing for decades. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I'm a, a filmmaker here in, in the Valley. And so, uh, but yeah, I, I love podcasting and uh, I love talking about great 80s movies. Awesome. So here I am. So happy I feel to like have I you. Fit in here. You do. <laughs> One of us. Um, and you had mentioned that you've seen RoboCop roughly one million times. Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie that I watched a lot when I was young. It, it's not a movie that I was allowed to watch in theaters. Oh, yeah. Not at all. No, absolutely not. Um, my mom was the sort of mom who we, we went to. She was always like 
I think more um, uh, faux religious than she would ever admit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she pulled us out of Ghostbusters in the middle because she thought it was too demonic. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. But <laughs> but, uh, but I don't think that she really cared that much. So it's 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 just is really funny. But yeah, RoboCop is not a movie that uh, I would have been allowed to watch. It was a friend of mine in junior high who actually told me about it, and we were. Um, uh, he he basically walked through the entire film for me. You know how kids would do. Yeah. That, yeah. You know? And he he acted the whole thing out for me, so I knew the whole movie. And then um, and then I didn't want to see it for a while because. It's one of those movies where I was talking to one of my teachers who at the time was like one of my favorite teachers mm-hmm. and they um, they mocked it. And so I'm like, well, I can't express any interest in this movie now because <laughs> you're one of my favorite teachers and I have to pretend I don't know anything <laughs> about this movie. Um, but then I finally saw it and I totally fell in love with it. But I don't think I think I was still affected by their opinion. And so I, I kept it to myself. Oh, kept yeah. My well, love oh, no. to myself. I thought maybe you didn't want to see it because, like, your friend just described it so well it couldn't possibly live up to the explanation of uh, it. No, I mean, he, I, I really wanted to see it. He made me really want to see it. But I was also a kid of the 80s who loved special effects. And, yeah. And that was something that and I really – And hand explosions. And hand explosions. Oh, my God. And, oh, my goodness. The, the extra footage of this just is, is so much gorier. There's just so much wonderful squib work and just horrible <laughs> – Horrible things, but I just loved watching that stuff as a kid. I totally mm-hmm. ate up anything that had special effects in it. This this movie is interesting because it did like if you were growing up and you were a kid when this came out, it had that kind of like age gate to where um, it was like something that appealed to kids. It was like a robot cop, but yet right. it was a hard R, and so yeah. kids really wanted to like. I I remember. This was one of those first like rated R movies that I saw that like broke my At brain. At the same sleepover that no, <laughs> yeah, no. so we, I, so I had this epic sleepover where we saw three of the movies that we covered, and we saw three movies. We saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure, we saw Nightmare on Elm Street, and we saw, um, uh, and so uh, <laughs> this was not one of those. This was later down the line, but this was one of those ones to where. You had maybe seen it once, but you kind of you knew you were kind of enacting and pretending to be RoboCop as a kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe you hadn't even seen the movie, but you thought RoboCop was cool. Yeah. But there was that thing because it's such a hard R movie. You couldn't express interest to your parents or to some friends that you're into it. But also, like they, the movie studios knew that, and there was eventually like a RoboCop cartoon just yeah. kind of almost like it was kind of like Rambo too. Kids thought Rambo was awesome, but he's blowing people up with arrows, you know? Yes. Right, right. Yeah. It was and that's very much Paul Verhoeven, right? I mean, uh-huh. he seemed to be that sort of um outside of Hollywood Hollywood filmmaker who was coming in from Europe and making these these fantastical movies that every kid wanted to see but couldn't because we were yeah. all too young like this like Total Recall. Oh, absolutely. Starship Troopers. Everything yeah. that he does is like really R-rated. Yeah, Starship Troopers is even kind of put taken that even further to where all the characters are so fascist and so like unlikable, but they're doing things on the surface. If a kid doesn't understand like the subtext, like are just terrible. You know. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> <Yeah>. Last night, <laughs> I've never ever seen it. And I'm glad someone told me that it is like a hard R, like super gory movie. Because that's although all that I remember of it is the image of RoboCop and 
like maybe seen glimpses of it like on the TV while my parents were watching it or maybe I remember the cartoon but I have most definitely never sat down and watched this movie and this movie is insane you guys <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's really good but it's crazy yeah it I, I mean one of the so one of the the great things about this movie is the way that it opens, it opens, we're watching, like, TV for, like, five minutes. We're watching future TV. Yeah. And you realize that, like, not only is this movie going to be about a RoboCop, but its society is on the menu. Like, the, yeah. we're pure up going to be lampooning society and, like, the future and, and news media and just, like, you know, um, predictions of where the world is going to go. And I, but I do love the idea that like even in the in the future, every new show has to have the same sort of music. It has to be like ding 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 ding. That's that's how you know it's news. And the fantastic newscasters who are smiling through everything. And it zooms right in on their faces, which is like, yeah, this movie was. I'm watching, going, oh my god, why aren't people like talking about this movie more? It's like hitting the nail on the head of so many things or it's like oh it's so good just their plastered smiles and it's i, I think the lady from entertainment tonight right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah lisa gibbons yes it's awesome <laughs> and they're just like all the same face and the same tone no matter what they're talking about or how right. horrible it is <laughs> right. yeah exactly was well, it the uh, the peace platform inadvertently killed <laughs> yes <laughs> 130 people including two ex-presidents yeah. right. almost as if they're robots what there's layers i don't know uh, it's, it, Paul Verhoeven loves throwing in uh, social commentary any chance he gets with yeah. his yeah. projects, and and it's fun even in a film like this that uh, you know I, I probably never paid attention to that stuff mm-hmm. like you were oh yeah as Starship a kid Troopers. Just... yeah it's just like oh it's funny it's a it's a you know a, a, a stop motion dinosaur and tearing apart the city <laughs> and then surprised yes. by this car you know uh-huh. it's, it's just he has so much fun mocking all these little things or nuke them. The best, the best <laughs> he, family board game ever, and, and that's the oh thing. Oh my it's, god, that I loved that moment. It was so good. Uh huh. The why isn't that? Why isn't that like clip of that video being shared by everybody? I've never seen it. It's awesome. And it's interesting because it's, it's not like he is lampooning the rich. It's like everyone is fair game. Everyone's like, terrible. Like, yeah, everyone's terrible. It, it, you know, it's like the the common man loves the stupidest show. Mm-hmm. You know. I'd buy that for a dollar. And, and then yeah. everyone's like, oh, my God, that's so good. He would buy that. It's, it's that almost one. kind of like a hint of, like, idiocracy to yeah. where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is, yeah. For sure. Um, it, was, it was really good, but it, I don't know. Like, that part to me was maybe a little bit hard to swallow. It was not the, probably, it was probably not the movie you thought it was going to be. It oh, was, it was definitely not the movie <laughs> I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to basically be the Terminator. Yeah. But he's a cop. Interesting. Yeah. And it's not that. There's way more <laughs> arms being blown off with shotguns. Way more of the dad from that 70s show really Man, not being a cool guy. That was uh, <laughs> my first experience with Kurtwood Smith is mm-hmm. this character mm-hmm. in this film. And watching the stuff that he did, I mean, I always just loved him. He's got some great lines. He's just so sadistic and awful. Uh, he is brilliant at it. And then he went from from that to being the uh, the dad in Dead Poet Society. Yes. And I'm like, well, no wonder you made your kid kill yourself because you're a terrible person. And then he ended up the dad on uh, that '70s show. Yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh. well, there's a complete turn. 
It's such an interesting career for that guy. But, I, yeah. man, I just love watching him. And he's always looked the same. Like, he hasn't right. aged a day from from then to it's now. like Patrick like, Stewart. Yeah. Right, right. Like, he just always looked 60. <laughs> so I guess that works out nice for him. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who plays uh, Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer, yeah. yeah. George Clooney's cousin. No, really? Yep. He's just always a bad guy. Like, do you think, like, down in his heart, he just, like, <laughs> really just wants, wants to be the lead in a romantic comedy? Probably. Or wanted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. 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 Mm. And he's so good. But yeah, he's he was so killed in this movie. He, he committed to the part. <laughs> that was it. Man. Well, I remember <laughs> him made his career. most clearly from the movie Blank Check. Do you guys remember that movie? I never saw that one. It's a terrible '90s kids movie, where, like, essentially he gives a kid a blank check for running over his bike in the middle of committing a crime, and the kid writes a check for a million dollars, and then through a hilarious series of misunderstandings, the kid gets a million dollars because of the whole crime drug deal. Anyway, I I recommend that that movie (laughs) if you like his work. Um, But back to this movie, I love. I wrote down so much dialogue. <laughs> it's so good. Well, and I'm guessing uh, that Bitches, you probably have, you've probably heard <laughs> lines from this. I mean, not having ever seen the movie, you mm-hmm. probably go, "Oh, that's where this line was that's from." That's where this is from. Yeah, every line was magical. Uh, cops don't like me, and I don't like cops. Like so, <laughs> so many lines where it's like somebody wrote that down and then high fived. <laughs> that's life in the big city. I love the scene too, like which that line is from where he's talking shit in the bathroom. You have to swipe a credit card to get into. It's the, ex- it's the executive washroom. It's not just for anybody. <laughs> well, does it cost something to get in there, or you just have to prove that you have a credit card? I don't think it's their credit card. I think it's their um, their key their card. Key card. Oh, yeah. I thought it looked exactly like an American Express gold card. It might have, and that might have been on uh, purposeful by uh, uh, by Verhoeven. <laughs> Oh, okay. Maybe I just misunderstood. But I like the idea that it would cost you like (laughs) 50 bucks to pee in the nice bathroom. Mm -hmm. And then he just totally gets busted not checking for feet. No, no. Something that we've all done. Yeah. Got to check for feet. That's a great scene. Ronnie Cox is such a great, uh, just a scene chewing villain. Oh, yeah. He's (laughs) dialed all the way up on this one. Mm -hmm. It must have been so much fun. Right? To be in this movie. Because <laughs> you imagine just being like, that's good, that's good. But uh-huh. I think more. I think you could just a little more. 10% more. Turn it up to 11. Yeah. Start there. Start there and then we'll we'll keep it going up. Because everybody's evil. Except... Peter Weller. And his lady partner. Anne? Is that what it is? Officer Ann Lewis. Yes. Lady partner. I like just calling her lady partner. Yeah. Lady partner. <laughs> lady partner. <laughs> They're the only two nice people in this entire universe. Well, presumably his family. Peter Willard is such an interesting choice for this role. Like when you first see him, he he seems like so wide eyed and so like immediately kind. Like how did he grow up in this world? Uh-huh. Well, obviously he lives in the suburbs. Did yeah. you see his house? Right. He came from because they said they transferred people. Uh, like he was transferred here, he's starting at this new dis- this new precinct, um, and it's like the ghetto where yeah. he mm-hmm. has to go to. So yeah, he clearly came from the swanky precinct where he didn't have to do anything yeah. difficult. Yeah. But he comes in like so wide eyed, and like I feel like you immediately like him. He feels like the sensitive, like 
you know, um, art kid who kind of, kind of comes in. Um, but, and then it's, yeah, it's such an interesting role to, to play because being a, a huge portion of that movie is just his mouth. Yeah. yeah it's right, a lot right. of bottom of the face acting. Yeah. There's, there's three portions of this performance. There's human and then there's RoboCop, and then there's once he kind of gets blown away. It almost kind of like a uh, like a like a Frankenstein's monster sequence where the cops turn on him because they're controlled by the bad guys. You know, they they basically blow him apart, and then he's on the run with his partner, and then he's got his humanity back when the his mask is off, and we see his eyes, and then that third performance is kind of the man trapped in the machine. Yeah. You know, like when he's got the the visor on even his voice is robotic and booming and then once the mask is off it's down to that kind of very low sensitive human voice like it's yeah and it almost seemed like his robot voice had maybe like a ca- like a catalog of things it could say like almost catchphrases <laughs> yeah. like right. say, yeah well that, that's what i was wondering it's like yeah it's like how many catchphrases like um yeah what is what does he say um your move punk your yeah. move creep. Yeah, yeah. Your move creep. And I was just wondering, it's like how Dead many or alive you are how coming many, with me. Yes. Yeah. How, Which he said when he was alive alive, so I couldn't right. tell if, like at, at that point he's totally running off of the programming. Yeah. He's totally running off of whatever they gave him. Mm-hmm. So I like what was the how many one liners did they give him? What <laughs> yeah. were, what was the scripting? How many times until it loops around again? You well, know? Right, right. It's like, like a pull like, string on Woody. Like I'm playing <laughs> yeah, like I'm playing Grand the- uh, like I'm playing um Grand Theft Auto in West in, in the old West. Red uh, Dead Redemption Two right oh, now, yes. and there's so much variety in terms of what they do in terms of interactions. Like in the old, you know, open world games, like you'd hear a lot of the same things over and over again, and th- it, they've they've written so many lines of dialogue in there, you mm-hmm. just don't hear any repetition. It's nuts. Um, but that just had, my brain was thinking. It was like, well, how many lines? How many one-liners <laughs> did they have to write for him? Then program into his thing. Well, when you go see like the costume characters at Disneyland who are playing, like a Darth Vader or Kylo Ren or Stormtrooper, that's what they have is like a s- series of lines they can choose from, and you just don't get to interact with them long enough <laughs> <laughs> until you you see the loop. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and I remember like the image that I remember from having like seen this tertiarily as a kid is that part where his hood is off, but he is half robot face mm-hmm. because it's so scary. Yeah. With, with great makeup effects too. Cause it, it really looks like half of his head has been removed and it's just like this robot head. That's something I think is Rob Bottin who did the, the effects on this, right? Or the, the, the makeup effects. Was it Rob Bottin? I don't know. I, I should pull it up. Say it authoritatively. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll say it was Rob Bottin. I, yeah. I, I did. Uh, I do know that. Like, uh, what, uh, how do you pronounce it? Basil uh, Polidorus. Basil Polidorus. Yeah. Polidorus. Yeah. He 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 did the uh, soundtrack to Conan the Barbarian. Mm. So right. he did that awesome kind of like iconic RoboCop theme, but it's it's so short. Like you want to get kind of pumped up by it, but it's not even like a full track. It's almost like a transition. Mm-hmm. You know, da 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 da. That kind of part, that the one part that they kept in the RoboCop remake, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is exciting. They're reusing that theme, <laughs> but it's so short and quick. But yeah, he's he's an awesome composer. I've he's done a lot of great scores, um, and, and this is, I think, there's a couple tracks in this uh, 
that just really uh, highlight that that um, main theme so well. Like when mm-hmm. he, I think the the when he goes into the. I don't know, it was like their cocaine factory or whatever it is. And they're putting it in like these it little... It tears that place up. They look like genie bottles that right. they're putting cocaine in. It There's took me forever to figure out there was cocaine because I was like, why bother to put it in such a nice vessel? Yeah. It, well, and it also, it like it, it doesn't do it very well because it's going up and it's filling and then it, they're dropping down and it's still spraying it everywhere. I'm like, no wonder there's cocaine There's all over the air. are wasting so much it's cocaine, when RoboCop, when RoboCop comes in to bust them... Mm-hmm. There's a whole. There's so much of that, like in the air. Just cocaine everywhere. Yeah. I could. What, what would happen? Like, so Robocop comes in. He kicks the door down. He like blows mm-hmm. up some of that stuff, and suddenly like it's all misty with cocaine. Mm-hmm. And then everyone is trying to get through the scene, but they're so high. <laughs> <laughs> Why did like, we whatever. use real cocaine? <laughs> Even Robocop is oh. <laughs> too much cocaine, you guys. I was not programmed. Um, I'm sorry, but I totally derailed what you were saying about the cocaine factory. Oh, no, I was just saying, <laughs> but the track there, like the music, uh, when Basil Polidorus wrote the score for that particular scene, I don't know. I just feel like that's really propulsive. It's got just that kind of great, uh, and it almost sounds like uh, like a hammer and anvil sort of mm-hmm. clang, 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 which works so well for the whole concept of, of RoboCop. It's, it's just a really nice theme. To me... It was a lot of really disturbing ideas and imagery. Yeah, n- and the, not even just like violence, but just like imagery and concepts. Especially like when he's been killed, but not quite killed. But you see from his point of view as they're robocopping him. And just the <laughs> dispassionate way that they talk about it, And like the New Year's Eve party that they're having. And they're mm-hmm. like kissing him and throwing stuff at him. That made me like cringe and tense up it just was so so creepy and so disturbing and you, the way that they shot it made you feel so trapped mm-hmm. and like oh, powerless. Yeah. it's almost kind of like he's in a coma yeah and all yeah, the doctors right. are talking about him and he's seeing mm-hmm. like months or like a year just kind of go by mm-hmm. and people are standing over him it's like why does he still have that arm? We agreed that we'd remove the arm. We were able to save it. No, remove the arm. We could do whatever we want. Lose like, the right. arm. Yeah. It's yeah. horrifying to think about things like that. Like, he, here he is watching that. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they, quote, wipe his memory. Uh-huh. So right. he's not remembering any of the stuff that we're now privy to. But still, it's just like. <laughs> that never works like they yeah, say it's going right, to work. exactly. Well, clearly, he still remembered stuff from his life beforehand. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh-huh. he still has. With, like. Very little trigger. It's like no. his first day out there on the job, and he's like, oh, I've run into the guy who killed me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it, it's, what a small world. <laughs> it's interesting. So it's like Paul Verhoeven, it feels like his storytelling style, his style of entertainment is mm-hmm. as much emotional reaction as possible. And usually that means something that's disturbing. Yeah. You know, like throughout, like conflict but usually disturbing conflict, unsettling conflict. That's his kind of his style of storytelling. Like everything is meant to kind of elicit some sort of emotional reaction. And it's usually never like, yay, excitement, we're fighting kind of thing like most like action movies do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's either some kind of like someone being doused with toxic ooze getting oh. <laughs> run over and falling into pieces or that was so gross you know just like even like the little moment of what does he eat and then they've got this (gasps) thing that's like squirting it uh, the mush yeah the mush which is 
meant to i mean it, it looks it, they say oh it's it, it tastes just like baby food but it, when they first do it it's supposed to elicit a gross reaction like yeah, yeah. it's poop coming out of like a play-doh <laughs> grinder you know and that's what this that's the whole that's what this movie is like it's it's mm-hmm. always doing something unsettling and weird and kind of bringing that emotional reaction up yeah it's never giving you a hug no, it's also no, it's no. always shaking you and <laughs> slapping you in the face <laughs> to yeah. make sure that you are awake. Um, yeah. Just top to bottom, I think I w- I think my shoulders were tense the entire time I was watching this movie, and it's very scary. Even like the so that's like the visual reaction to the grossness of the goo, and then they play it for a joke later when she's like, "I got you something to eat," and she's got baby food. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but and then the you know the scary feeling of like he's trapped inside his own body but then even later the concepts that they're just tossing out like oh well of course we programmed you so that you can't arrest anyone who made you yeah the right, they they, yeah. they initially bring up that very sort of like secretive like directive for uh-huh. right? got the the his top 3 directives and they have a mysterious directive that 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 is introduced very early on mm-hmm. Right, because it's classified. We don't know mm-hmm. what it is, and it's interesting that even even in his own field of vision, it is introduced like with much dramatic effect. Right, because we see the first three directives pop up very quickly, and then there's a nice pause, and then directive four, classified, just to kind of get us all uh, excited about what could this directive be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's very mysterious and it's interesting, and it actually reminded me a lot of Isaac Asimov's. Um, the rules of robotics that that he kind of came up with about kind of the rules that robots would have to have about not harming harming your master and things Mm -hmm. like that. And it felt very much like that was something that they were patterning patterning Mm -hmm. these directives after, uh, which I thought was actually pretty interesting because it makes sense to kind of incorporate rules like that into into this kind of robot human that they're creating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course they would would be like, well, don't get... You can't get mad at me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm allowed to do whatever I want. And, and there's also the, um, they also, it's interesting because they, they're constantly saying, oh, his, his mind is wiped. He doesn't remember everything. But you know the whole dramatic premise is based off of when is he going to remember. Yeah. Because so, he's going to. So the whole, yeah, so for a lot of that movie, you're waiting for, when is that that shoe going to drop? Mm-hmm. When is he going to? When is it all going to break down? Because he's unraveling a mystery that we already have the answers to. We already know all the other stuff that he doesn't know. And it is, as you pointed out already, it's interesting that it's pretty much his first day on the job. Yeah. When all of this starts happening, he's been there uh, like fifteen minutes, yeah. and he stopped four crimes, and he's like, yeah, hardly anything. I mean, technically, I guess some more time has passed because there's enough time for the news to follow him and mm-hmm. and, the, you know, and for the, him to the, high five little kids. Right, the, the great I, little <laughs> moment where the you know he turns on the kids and they're all like jumping back. And it's, I, I like the idea that he legitimately wasn't programmed to know what a kid is. And yeah. so he's like freaked out. <laughs> why, why is this one smaller? Right. <laughs> that reminded me of or i guess i i reminded me of um the second avengers movie when or i guess even the most recent justice league movie like i think there are a lot of those moments that joss whedon likes to throw into his stuff where it's like the scary monster interacting with little kids hmm. and they're like excited yeah. well, by I, the I, I, again i feel like there's like a frankenstein element yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? right. It really is. To I, I mean, when when so when the when the SWAT team has surrounded him and he's 
getting shot at and he's not falling apart. He's just he's just kind of like, you know, shielding his face. Mm-hmm. You feel terrible for him. He's like this kid, you know, and, and then these are the, his quote friends who have turned on him. Just kill him. We have our orders. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's just so helpless. Yeah. He's just running away. I have no more friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is it's that innocence of children. Right. And, and they very much see that kind of element of him where he doesn't seem scary. And, uh, I mean, you know, I, I guess that's that does work well in the Frankenstein concept. And, and, and I think it fits very aptly with this. This is this guy who has been um, mutilated and deformed uh, by the uh, by OCP. And here he is uh, now stuck uh, living this this mangled existence with fragments of memories. And and it works really interestingly. And uh, I, again, I just I, going back to that. There's a lot more to unpack in this film yes. than just just more. this crazy '80s, you know, action movie. Because there are plenty of those too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all great. <laughs> right? But yeah, no, this one is just like there's so much. There's so many layers. We haven't so even many questions. About, we haven't I have so many ta- questions. We haven't like, even talked about Ed Two O Nine. We haven't the insane robot. There's so many classic like action moments in this movie or just movie moments yes yeah that that moment when ed 209 first uh is introduced and takes that guy out in the office mm-hmm. is just bananas it yeah. shoots him 100 times <laughs> oh yeah like easily in the top five of like most what? squibbed live yeah. yeah humans ever how did they even get all those those are squibs him. on top of squibs. Oh my god! <laughs> that uh, there, so there's a uh, if if you want to know more, there's a podcast called uh, "I Was There Too," where he actually interviews that guy. Yes, I do want to know more, right. and I will <laughs> right. listen to that. Yes. Yeah, and and I think there was right. even a, there was even they even brought him back to get more squibbed for more shots, like well Holy after cow. he left. Yeah, that's just bananas. Uh, but going back to Ed Two Hundred Nine, what I love about that is this is still this world where we have stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing kind of that, that kind of staccato effect of, of Ed 209 as, as it moves around and it, oh, it, yeah. it just, it has this really interesting authentic feel of, of that presence of this robotic movement that I have just always loved. It's, it's so neat. And even when they have the, the real Ed 209 standing there, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing presence and it really is kind of just this horrifying, like, half-transformer-looking robot. That right. With, like, <laughs> growls of a tiger. And... Right. <laughs> Which I loved. I loved that it growled. Like, you know, some engineer was like, well, let's make a growl. Then people know. Uh-huh. Until it starts squealing when it falls like on its back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Falls, that's great. There's just like one guy who's like, they hired me to do sound. I They didn't give me a lot of instructions. Right. So I, just... I just had fun with it. <laughs> if he spins really fast, it goes, wee, but no one's ever <laughs> spun it really fast. But yeah, it's, it's the policing robot with missiles, multiple missiles. Yeah. Well, and like even RoboCop is so overpowered that he can like punch, straight up punch through a wall and drag someone back through it. But, like, when he's out cruising around preventing crime, what I kept asking was, like, where – he's saving, like, innocent good people, but why are these good people hanging out around here? Like, why is there – how is there possibly a mom-and-pop shop 
still why, in this world. Why is this businesswoman running around in the dark streets of old Detroit? In a nice dress. Right. Like <laughs> She clearly does not fit in this world. Maybe no. she's down there buying drugs. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's buying drugs for a friend. For a friend. <laughs> yeah. For a potluck she was going to later. Um, and, and like even the people in the mayor's office that are uh, being held hostage, like I think we're meant to think that they're good people, but probably they're not. The mayor of this town is probably not a nice. Oh yeah, man, for sure. Well, if he's if he's uh, putting people to work with him, like the guy who takes them hostage, then definitely he's he's making some bad decisions. So he probably yeah, not probably great. isn't that great to begin with. I loved that scene though. Like I loved the guy, the character who was holding them all hostage was so fun, and he just said the craziest things. Like <laughs> yeah. I wrote it down. He said. Uh, when people jerk me off, I kill them. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Probably not every time. He's serious. Yeah. He's serious. And he wants that 6,000 SUX. Yes. <laughs> With oh, cruise yeah. control. It's, you know, the movie was one of those ones where they they still are creating this cool world with like matte paintings and everything where I, I, I don't think I ever knew this until I was looking into it for this show where they actually filmed this down in Dallas, I think. And I always assumed that they filmed it in, in L.A. or maybe in actually in Detroit, but I didn't know they filmed it in Dallas. But And then you look at some of the behind the scenes and how they do stuff and just like matte paintings in the day where they actually would like have the piece of glass in front of the camera to like extend mm. these buildings and the way that they made the OCP skyscraper. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a simple little piece of glass in front of the camera, but I just love camera tricks like that. And I mean, now it's digital and every, you can do so many things with digital technology these days to create really amazing worlds. But um, I just, I, I, going back to kind of the, my love for film, falling in, in love with these types of movies, it was just all those cool effects that they were doing yeah. to make these amazing worlds because it's just so neat what they were pulling off here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, a, you know, a practical effect or, a, like, you know, one of the things that we talk about when we talk about whether or not the movie holds up is, like, you know, the effects don't hold up if you were comparing them to if we made this movie today, which they did. Did you either of you see it? The newer? Oh, the new oh, one. Oh, the new one? Yeah, I saw Michael, it. I you saw it. it? Yeah. Was it all did like? Yeah, it was all digital. So I or guess at least so I remember. It's honestly, it's one of those movies that you see once and then it just doesn't stick to you. It, you just you know deleted it, just, it immediately. Yeah, there was there was a couple of moments. Where, there's one super memorable, effective moment in it, and then that's about it. It's when he's in disbelief that he's um, been turned into this machine, mm -hmm. and so they present him with like a mirror, and they actually remove every single metal part of him and show him all the only parts of humans that he's got left and it's just a couple of organs and like half of an arm and then his neck and and his head with stuff for, you know, they sort of like pull him apart like Darth Vader and he's just yeah. freaking out at himself in a mirror and that was super effective but then it, it pretty much meant nothing there wasn't it, there was definitely something missing without like that social commentary that mm -hmm. kind of teeth that that it has that seems like a weirdly uh, done scene to just show 
look what we can show the audience that we can do. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, like, it seems like an awfully complicated thing to have to do to RoboCop to just show, this is what's left of you. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're probably going to kill him if you do that. It just seems like a strange, <laughs> strange story choice to come you're, through that. You're definitely going to make him more okay with what's going on. Like, right. oh, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Right. Now I'm cool. Let's go stop some crime. All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, but I think... It, you know, the other way to look at it holding up is like when you go back and watch this, it's still just such a treat and such a delight to look at the way that they shot those things. And, you know, it's worth watching this still. Yeah. Well, w- when we talk about like, does the visual effects still hold up? Mm-hmm. Really, the question we're, a- we're asking is, does the effect still create an effect? Like, do you still feel something from what's happening or do you just see the scenes you know you just see the zipper in the costume you know it's like there's this there's you know the where he's where robocop is pre-robocop it's getting blown apart like that's gut-wrenching oh like my you're God. Oh, yeah. it's so explodey yeah explodey <laughs> <laughs> i was not expecting yeah no, and, and then there's a physical effect that is an animatronic so there's this shot where they 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 show him right before he gets his, his uh, the bullet in the brain. They, uh-huh. they 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 pan. They come around him. They come to the back, and then they shoot him, and his head blows up all in one shot. But that was a that was an animatronic guy, kind of writhing in pain uh-huh. uh, that I caught just for a second as it comes around, so they could do that all as a oneer. Like now there'd be a digital scene there, but it, they created an anima- animatronic Peter Weller. The kind of writhing in pain with only one arm and all these holes in him, and then the camera came around so that they could blow the back of his brain out all in one shot. Wow. Well, and that's like the magic, and it is Rob, Rob Bottin who does all that stuff. I mean, just the stuff that he would pull off in the world of of uh, makeup effects is just mind-boggling. I mean, he did the thing. Oh yeah, another great mm-hmm. '80s movie that you guys need to talk about on this show at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, we can't believe we haven't done. <laughs> yeah. that yet. I think someone I asked to be a guest was like, "Well, obviously you've done the thing." I'm like, "Actually, oh, <laughs> we've done 24 episodes. Yeah. Okay, we had to get our. <laughs> we've done everything." Uh, but I mean, and he did Total Recall with Paul Verhoeven, and oh uh, yeah, I mean, he did Seven. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. He does that. Oh, he did Seven. Yeah, he does great. <gasps> like people effects that, yeah. you know and, and and the the stuff that he did like that one shot you're talking about i mean it's just an amazing thing to pull off where you actually have a, a full-scale peter weller puppet that is designed to to writhe in pain and get its head blown off mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's amazing that the stuff that puppet. you put together <laughs> what you do at work today sweetie oh well i made a i made a peter weller that's gonna get blown up oh that's cute good job babe yeah and when you get like an amazing collaborator like that like they're suggesting things to the to the director like oh it would be awesome if we could do this and they're they're kind of coming in the, on the process and like they want to top themselves they want to take on crazier things and so that's when you when you get someone uh like a great collaborator like that they're upping the game of of yeah. what everyone can do you know well, we talked about with the acting too of those just being like <laughs> how much can I, you know, like sort of <laughs> rubbing their hands together, like, ah, I'm going to do so much acting right now. Wait. And it's like they're doing that with the effects and everything else, too. It mm-hmm. used to be like, let's make people walk out of this going, what the hell did I just see? Yeah, yeah. Right. Everyone wants to up the game. Yeah. You know? It's like with stuntmen. It was like, well, I've always wanted to do such and such kind of stunt. And, mm-hmm. then, and then that's like how 
you know, Indiana Jones going under the 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 truck coming in is because that stunt man failed to do he 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 screwed that up doing that in the Lone Ranger movie. He got run over. Oh no. <laughs> oh, but he wanted to get it right and so he suggested that stunt mm-hmm. for the movie. Um, and then movie magic. And luckily he didn't get run over by a, <laughs> a truck. Yeah, I definitely finished watching this movie and just like, what? I, how am I supposed to go to sleep now? I don't think I'll ever <laughs> stop seeing some of those things. Like, right. I, I'm glad I didn't see it as a kid because I think it would just be... Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. What I see... Like we say, you can see why it's a hard art. Nightmare uh-huh. fuel. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. But it, it's such... Way more than any of the other movies that we've watched. Well, and, and what is so great about the effects is that the actors who are in the film clearly have been coached in a way where they know how to work with those effects. Like it all, like I buy into everything that Peter Weller is doing as an actor um, mm-hmm. because he he is has been schooled whether it's Rob Bottin or Paul Verhoeven or just himself, but how he's actually interacting with those different effects. And it, it makes me believe that all of this is really happening. And I think they all do that to just a wonderful degree here. And, and it just, again, going back to Peter Weller, I think his performance was brilliant anyway because when he's walking around as RoboCop, I mean, he's just got this, the perfect robotic walk. And I, I just remember as a kid, just so fascinated, even just the way he would, like, turn his head as he was walking and he'd turn his head to kind of lead his body and he turned his head to the left and then his body would kind of shift to the yeah, left. Yeah. I was like, God, it's just, it's so brilliantly designed all the, the movements and everything It's it's, it's really believable. I kind of want to watch it again. Like I'm definitely going to watch <laughs> what, it. What again. you don't want to do is watch RoboCop two or three. It's like one of those ones where they, it, there's a sharp drop off that it's not as good as the others. Like it's, it's, it's not like, well, they it's, gave it's up on, like, like, social commentary, and they just went for, let's just yeah, make an different effects, director and an effects it, uh, action movie. Yeah. Hmm. I'll probably watch them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. Well, there, there was this interesting <laughs> I'll thing. I'll probably watch the newer one, too, uh-huh. just to see. Well, the, there was also these weird, there was, um, like, like three TV movies done, like, in, 90, in like the mid-90s. Um, of RoboCop? Yeah. And, and, and I, <gasps> that is ringing faint bells. But not enough to have. Not, <laughs> but not enough. No, but <laughs> yeah. So, like, legitimately, there's like three TV movies of RoboCop. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's so foggy. Like, I don't think I've seen any of it since then. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching a little bit of it. I was like, yeah, this is better than RoboCop 2. <laughs> yeah. So I could have been wrong. That was a while ago. But um, yeah, that'd be interesting. We haven't even mentioned TJ Laser. We haven't mentioned. <laughs> I have six pages of notes. And we haven't mentioned any of it. When it, when they first so that's that's the like the the hero that his that Peter Weller's <laughs> that pre RoboCop son mm-hmm. watches on TV. And when I, when they first said it, I thought they said DJ Laser. DJ Laser. My son loves DJ Laser. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Laser in the house. Yeah. Um, so on a scale of one completely exploding human being to <laughs> ten. Right. Let's just go with the hands. How many exploding hands? How many exploding hands out of ten uh-huh. would you give this movie, Andy? Uh, this has been a movie that I, I fell in love with very uh, or like right away as a kid. 
and I watch it again and I still am just as in love with it. And I always ask myself as I'm watching this, is this just the 12 year old me that's stuck in this mode and I can't get past it to see if there's anything wrong with it? But I'm never able to fully answer that question. So it still ends up being a, a 10 exploding uh, hand movie. I, I just love every everything about it. It's a good okay. answer. That is yeah. a good answer for sure. <laughs> What about you, Nathan? Uh, I'm going to give it, a, this is high for me. I'm going to give it, I think, an 8.5 because it, it still definitely has uh, a, a visceral emotional reaction from me. And and I haven't, I, I mean, it, this is one of those movies that I had seen a bunch of times, but I probably haven't seen it like in 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of stuff that obviously I knew and remembered that was iconic but in terms of of like the moment to moment and the actual being like s- swept up in the story, like yeah, it totally works for me. I think I will agree and give it also an eight because it definitely still works and holds up. And I never had a twelve year old version, <laughs> of me that's but I was watching the whole thing like. And uh, my husband was coming in and out of the room and just being like, are you watching RoboCop? Like, wait for this thing. And, like, just sort of commenting on it. And I was like, well, you've seen this? How have you not? How have you not? Why are we not? (laughs) (laughs) How is this not part of our everyday lives to discuss this? This was was not the reaction you had with The Last Starfighter. It was not. (laughs) I did not get excited about that at all. But I was just like, but this is relevant. We should be talking about this. Like, no privatization of our police Uh force. Um, Yeah, so I give it eight. Sound good to everybody? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so. you gotta you gotta leave nine and ten for like the, the uh, the the things that you had a <laughs> you gotta leave a ceiling in there like a, a buffer, <laughs> right? Just in case like the for Schindler lists case. come along. Yeah, yeah. I, I put way too many things at my ceiling. They're all yeah. out there. I've well, a lot yeah, well stuck that's the thing. I, I've got I've got to leave room for Big Trouble in Little China. I've got to yeah. leave room for Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. and Bill and Ted's Excellent and Bill Adventure, and Ted's excellent adventure which, is, so. which is a ten. So. Um, all right. So in 1987. This movie was number 16 at the box office. Uh, number one was, of course, Three Men and a Baby. Oh, boy. Hey. Number one with a bullet. And then other movies that we have done uh, from 1987. Uh, Overboard was number 45. Oh, wow. Which is Injustice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is um, it? It is. <laughs> and, uh, Comparatively. And <laughs> I think it deserved to be 25. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, and Mannequin was number 27. Oh, wow. That was very popular. At yeah. The time. So those, wow. Those were movies that we have done from 1987. I would say that number 16 is probably really high for an R-rated movie. Yeah, I think that's probably why, you know. Um, yeah, it wasn't in the, in the top. And then plus, it's like, how much did it made? It made like $58 million? It made uh, $53 million. $53 million? Oh, no. Yes, fifty-three. Yeah, and, and I bet it, it came in. Pre- I, I remember just checking the the listings. It came in pretty close to the ones right above it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, and then the top three were Three Men and a Baby, Fatal Attraction, and Beverly Hills Cop. Ooh, two. those are two R-rated movies. Yeah. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop two for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is definitely like again a hard R. I, mm-hmm. th- th- I mean, at this point, like Beverly Hills Cop is a r-rated comedy and it, it seemed like that was a little more successful than right. like people's hands being blown up mm. yeah getting run over a lethal weapon is also on this list it's number nine gotcha and predator is 12 wow okay 
So good year. Big good year. year. It is yeah. a great year. Lots of, lots of good stuff. Um, Take that, the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, 1986. No, I'm pretty sure 1986 was a great year. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, 70s movie podcast. <laughs> We're going to rumble with those guys later. Uh-huh. Oh, that'll be fun to see. Like Anchorman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got a trident. Uh, so what is your deep cut recommendation, Andy? So I, I was deliberating over this for a little bit, trying to come up with something that, that seemed to fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't go 80s, but I, I, I'm glad that you said that that was okay to not stick oh, with yeah, an 80s yeah. movie. Mine's not either. Um, I went with the, uh, the most recent adaptation of uh, the Judge Dredd comics. That what? would be Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% Sorry. mine, too. Take oh, it away. No. Keep going. It is, it's a fantastic movie that ju- I don't think enough Wait. people saw. So Dredd with... Carl um, Urban yeah. so plays this, Judge oh. Dredd. This is the first double-handed deep recommendation. That's right. <laughs> and it thoroughly deserves it because it is a great movie. And it features another lead actor who uh, only acts with his mouth for the duration of the film. Carl yeah. Urban? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He has sure the mask on the whole time. Anything. If you're into <laughs> lead act, to, to extremely violent law enforcers who yeah. only act with their mouths, this is the way to go. Okay, can, yeah. I, can I ask a question, though? Yes. Wait, Judge Dredd... Is this Sylvester Stallone? So no, there's Judge there's Dredd, Dredd, and then there's Dredd. Right. This is the second adaptation of the Judge Dredd comics. And they're both... The first one was the they're both awful Sylvester Stallone. And, like, Rob Schneider's in it. And Rob yeah. Schneider. Okay, yeah. as long so, as we're talking about sort of... Right. Totally different movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it's uh, based off of a British comic. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, it, the, the cool thing about it is that it, it... I mean, it feels like a John Carpenter movie, like... Um, uh, in comic book form or no? No, no, the the movie, like you know, it's almost like um, shoot, I'm suddenly blanking. Assault on Precinct 13, to where they're all yeah, stuck right. in one location mm-hmm. and they've got to survive the night, and it's very kind of like the hero doesn't give an f about you, and he's got you know he he has like a, a he's like the the tough guy with a, a heart of gold who who ultimately does care about people, but he's such a badass. And he, it's okay. Like if if any of these bad guys cross him, he's just gonna blow them away. You know, he's kind of like a man's man, Clint Eastwood style hero. That like jo- the kind of stuff that like John Carpenter would do with you know Snake Plissken. Um, so yeah, it's it's totally a a, a great movie, and, and I can agree. And also is a hard R. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but he's also part human, part robot. No, he's a hundred percent human. In a uh, suit, but he, yeah, the the judges, these these just in a police enforcers, they just wear this uniform, but it covers up their face up to their mouth. Very okay, mm-hmm. super. Yeah, it's just a helmet. Yeah. It's just a helmet. Okay, so. I'll check that out. Yeah, that it's sounds like fun. Very worth it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't even think that would have lit up my radar at all as something that I would watch. But now I'm intrigued. All right. So I'm gonna. So no pressure, just on you. No, no, you guys did a good recommendation. I'm gonna do what I always do and do something that's completely bonkers and totally out of left field. Uh, and I'm gonna recommend Brooklyn Nine Nine, <laughs> so you can see the other side of police officers and the other way to to uh, run a police precinct. Um, it is a. It is on Hulu. Um, you can watch the first five seasons on Hulu. It, it, it used to be on Fox. Fox canceled it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like 
basically everyone just came like went insane on Twitter, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and NBC bought it and brought it back. So it's starting uh, up in January uh, for its sixth season on M- NBC. And it is one of my favorite shows. If you like Parks and Rec, if you like The Good Place, if you like 30 Rock. If you like RoboCop. If you like <laughs> RoboCop, this, this, is your, this is your cup of tea. So if, like, once you've watched RoboCop and you feel frightened if, and alone. <laughs> if you need to cleanse yourself as a human being. And remember that, that some people are okay. Turn on your Hulu and watch two that's episodes a, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's a great, that's a great reaction. If you, if, you need to, if you need to cover yourself in the sheets. Yes, because that's exactly what I and, did, and, you need and, it, your, you and need, it worked. You need your mom to bring you cocoa. Yep, I was like, how am I going to sleep after having just watched RoboCop for the first time? I'm going to watch two episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and everything will be okay. Um but it's great, and more people should watch it. And we're almost like doctors prescribing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like That's, if you're feeling if you had a positive reaction or a negative reaction right. to RoboCop, here's what you should do. Um, yeah, and I guess I don't know. I also would just recommend like vote, hugs, vote, and hug each other <laughs> so, that, right. so that we don't end up in a RoboCop. So we feature. don't have this future, right? Yeah. Um, so where can we find, uh, the next real podcast and, uh, all the fun stuff that you are putting out there? Uh, you can just go to the and you can find the links for all of our places all over the internet and all the shows. So everything's right there and, and, you know, look in your favorite podcatcher of choice for the next reel and you will find us. Yes. Yes. Um, do you have a favorite movie or episode that you've done so far? A good, a I didn't good warn entry you that point. I was going to ask that. Yeah, you know, we've done a lot of movies. I think we're we're uh, into our four hundreds as far as the wow. numbers of episodes, and um, we've covered my favorite movie, which is Brazil. Um, so that was a fun one to talk about. We've talked about um, we've had some really great series, and I, I would say you know a really fun episode to just listen to would probably be our two thousand one episode mm-hmm. because I really love that movie. I think it's a, a masterwork. And Pete really hated that movie, <laughs> and and we we it's do the a ET oh, next real you. podcast. We do a thing at the end of every episode where we use this website called Flick Chart, mm-hmm. and we rank our movie uh, up up against all the other movies that we've talked about on the show. Oh, that's a great idea! It's a really fun website. Um, but when we are <laughs> when we're ranking and we don't agree on something, we do a rock paper scissors, and and because it was like one of my favorites and one of his least favorites. Um, we were rock, paper, scissoring every single one. And I had the worst streak of rock, <laughs> paper, scissoring that I've ever had. And poor 2001 ended up so low on our list. It was just painful. It was a really painful <laughs> thing to listen to. But, uh, but still fun in its own way, I guess. <laughs> I really liked the Point Break episode because you oh. guys really liked it. And we're saying all of the things <laughs> that are perfect and wonderful about it. And I was like, finally, uh, finally. <laughs> That's a very fun movie. Uh-huh. It is. A very fun movie. So good. <laughs> um, and where can everybody find you, Mr. Nathan? Uh, so, uh, squishystudios.com, also Squishy Studios on the Facebooks and the Twitters. That's just uh, my private handle, but also the uh, on Facebook, Squishy Studios is uh, the stuff we do with the short films and web series. Awesome. Uh, and you can find me at National Comedy Theater or nctphoenix.com or act the actual NCT Phoenix if you happen to be uh, in in the valley. 
uh, and want to laugh at me in my face, you can do that. Um, but and please keep only five feet away at the closest. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and you can find all of the most excellent 80s movies podcast stuff um, wherever the finest podcasts are sold and stored and distributed. Um, but also at mostexcellentpod.com, most excellent pod on Instagram, and most excellent 80s on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. Uh, make sure to like and thumbs up and share and, and leave a comment uh, for us. And, of course, as always, keep the most excellent 80s movie podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other. And your you have 20 like seconds it. to comply. There's too many quotes in this movie. There's so many good ones. <laughs> <laughs>